Hi, Techie Joe here. I work with Ace and Knight and some of the best psychics in West Virginia to create amazing live streams and podcasts for the Psychic Coffee Shop Network. Together, we brew up great content discussing news, events, hot topics, and more, all from a psychic perspective. On the Psychic Coffee Shop, we interview amazing authors in the metaphysical realm. Coffee and Tea combines Asen with Tracy, Dottie, Natalie, or Lady Gwendolyn for the good and the bad of being a psychic. Shameless self-promotion with Dottie the Psychic talks to leading and emerging YouTubers and business owners in our community. Mountain Bears brings you the latest in LGBT news and politics. The Psychic That Plans answers the question of, well, how a psychic plans. Plus, we're live on air. We take your comments and your questions, including psychic advice questions. Check out our amazing programming, book an appointment with top psychics, and find out all the wonderful things we have to offer at pcsbnetwork.com today. Hey everyone, Natalie here from The Pendulum's Path. If you need guidance, direction, spiritual connection, or more, then listen up. I have worked as a psychic and a medium for over three years, connecting people from all over the world with their loved ones in spirit, giving them insight and guidance into their current situations, the past healings that need to be worked on, and what it is they need to know today in order to have a better future. It would be my absolute honor if you would visit my website at www.thependulumspath.com. I also offer emailed readings for those with busy schedules too. Also, for you goblins who subscribe to the Esoteric Book Club, I have a special coupon code just for you. Enter the code STAYWEIRD to get $5 off of any order of $25 or more. Hope to see you there. Welcome back, goblins. I'm your host, Jason, and you're listening to the Esoteric Footnotes, the show where I reflect upon topics related to the fields of magic, paranormal, and the strange. This show is made possible with the help of the Esoteric Archive, specifically Annie Kay, Soul Rising Studios, and Grand Inquisitor Samantha. Your contributions help pay server costs, purchase reading material, and it keeps me supplied with silver bullets during the full moon. Those dogmen are persistent. I wonder if they're just smelling my cat. Anyway, if you would like to join the Esoteric Archive, go to patreon.com forward slash esoteric book club. But enough of all that. It's time to get weird. I was leaving work when I had my UFO sighting. It was a bright, sunny, cloudless afternoon, and there were plenty of people around me. I was sitting in my car, at a red light, looking at the horizon from the mountaintop where I was working. This may sound odd to some people, but for some reason, here in West Virginia, we like to reclaim our mountaintop removal, not with wildlife, but with strip malls. And unfortunately, if you're not in the mining industry, the next most plentiful source of jobs is in the form of retail sales. So here I am, sitting at a red light on the top of a mountain, looking at the horizon, when I notice a silver sphere appear in the sky. It hovered for probably 20 seconds, and then started moving to my right, increasing speed as it went, until, poof, 
it vanishes. The whole time this is happening, I'm looking at the other drivers around me, and none of them are paying attention. It was a red light, so they were all looking at their phones. After the object vanished, the street light turned green. Traffic began moving, completely oblivious to the event that just took place. I alone witnessed the unidentified object in the sky. I'm sure you are all wondering why I didn't record it on my phone, and honestly, at the time, I don't think that my phone would have been able to record it. I wasn't exactly making a lot of money at that time, so my phone wasn't of the best quality. My question now is kind of a philosophical one. It's a question that many of you have probably already heard in another form, though the idea applies here as well. The question is, if I were not there to witness the event, would it have even taken place? It sounds kind of ludicrous, but I was the only one paying attention to it. So if no one were there to see it, would it have even happened? How would we even know? For those of you who haven't already guessed, my question is based on a thought experiment. If a tree falls in the woods and there is no one around to hear it, does it make a sound? There have been many variations of this question since it was first printed around the turn of the 20th century. For example, the first version of this question had the tree fall on a deserted island. Various science journals weighed in on the proposition, though they did so in a disingenuous way, by rephrasing the question to fit their own conclusions. For example, the magazine Scientific American said that they could set up an audio recorder and the vibrations caused by the tree falling would be caught as sound on the recorder. Yes, that is technically correct. But isn't a tape recorder a form of human observation? Sound is a result of vibration in the air, but vibration alone doesn't cause sound. Those vibrations must be received by something for them to be considered sound. The question isn't whether or not a tree falls or whether or not it has an impact on its surroundings. The question is of sound. While I was writing this, I had an interesting thought. If the island were inhabited by a person, but that person was completely deaf, would the falling tree still be bereft of sound? Anyway, that's pretty far off topic, so let's return to the original question. I know that leading into every episode, I use the phrase, let's get weird. But this time, I'm saying it more as a warning. Things are about to get really, really strange around here. Have you ever heard of the observer theory? It's a theory in quantum physics based on an experiment where there are two slits cut into a barrier 
and electrons are shot through the slits. The results appear as if the electrons behave differently when they are being recorded versus when they are acting naturally. This led a lot of people to believe that it was the influence of human consciousness that caused these particles to behave in a specific way. Of course, this was very quickly picked up by gurus and would-be cult leaders who wanted to tout an overly reductive message that your thoughts can become reality simply by existing. What the observer theory really shows is that some observations are fundamentally changed by the technology used to observe it. Technology being used very loosely here. This could refer to something as mundane as our eyes and ears. The best explanation that I read uses the example of testing the air pressure in your tires. When you attach the gauge to the tire, it releases a small amount of air in order to test the pressure. No matter what the gauge says, there is now less air in the tire than when you went to read it, thus making the air pressure lower. In the end, we end up with two groups of people. Those insisting that it's human observation that alters quantum mechanics, and the scientists who say, that's not how any of this works. Guess which group gets the most airtime? I know, I know. The reality of this doesn't sound nearly as amazing as the idea that we can manifest things throughout thought alone. But it is still pretty amazing. Think about it. Even down to a microscopic level, everything is influenced by what's around it. The very act of observing something changes how it will behave. Yes, it's because observation is an action and there is an equal and opposite reaction, but that's still something. This leads back to the initial question about the tree. As I stated, yes, the tree falls, creating a shockwave in the air. This is the basis for sound. But if there is no observer, the final part necessary for sound doesn't exist because there is no reverberation on an auditory device, whether that device be a mechanical recorder or simply a person's eardrum. So according to scientific theory, if an unobserved tree falls and there is no one around to hear it, it does not make a sound. Now this is all fascinating, but how does this relate to the paranormal or to my UFO encounter? A lot of paranormal events only take place through observation. That doesn't seem to make much sense, does it? Obviously, someone has to see it for it to be reported, right? But think back to all the reports that you've heard where there was no evidence left behind. A ghost walks through a wall. Bigfoot appears and disappears without leaving a single footprint. A person is abducted by aliens, but they're taken out of body, so their physical form is exactly where it has been the entire time. 
If we follow a strict scientific approach, because these things can't be replicated in a lab, because they can't be measured, they couldn't have possibly taken place. This debate has been raging pretty much non-stop since the development of quantum physics itself. One side claims that the other doesn't understand the science, and the other claims that the science that's being used is theoretical anyway. And really, both sides are right. If someone says that they've seen a ghost, that they have interacted with something that vanished, and that they have no idea what it was or where it went, and they actually believe that this event took place, is it real? What if no one else saw it? What if everyone else saw it? How many witnesses are necessary for this to be real? At what point does this change from being psychological to being parapsychological? What is the threshold for believability? If one person witnesses it, they're crazy. If five people witness it, it's a mass hallucination. If ten people witness it, it's an anomaly. But if twenty people witness it, then is it worthy of scientific study? Skeptics, who now largely spend their time talking down to people and debunking things rather than looking for evidence, would say that the idea of a ghost is ridiculous. Yet, they believe in dark matter. What is dark matter? Funny you should ask. Dark matter is a hypothetical state of matter that makes up 85% of the universe, has influence over everything in existence, and yet, no one has ever seen it. That's right. We have never seen it, measured it, nor have we been able to explain what it actually is. A skeptic would say that we are technically observing it because it is seen in mathematical computations. We calculate astronomical observations, and when they don't add up, we say that the variable must be the influence of dark matter. What's funny is that is the same description of ether, spelled with an A-E. But because that comes from ancient Greek philosophy and medieval alchemy, it's considered to be a totally bogus theory. But dark matter? Why, that's been theorized by physicists, so it has real scientific backing behind it. What we must remember, though, is that to the ancient Greeks and medieval alchemists, ether was science. I don't want to sound like I'm being too critical of modern science, though. It's given us the very technology that allows me to broadcast this episode to the entire world. And in all fairness, alchemy was attempting to turn lead into gold. But eventually, it evolved into the science of chemistry. I think what I'm trying to get at is that events like the ones we discuss on this show are real to the people who experience them. It is enacting change on that person, their psyche, and everything around them. 
So was my UFO sighting real? To me, it was, certainly. Is it any less real because nobody else saw it? No. It had an effect on me that changed my worldview, even if it wasn't an extraterrestrial craft. And that's the interesting thing about observer theory. We're affecting how the subject behaves, but in doing so, we gain knowledge and understanding. This means that we are creating a ripple effect. We observe. We change the subject. And in turn, we change ourselves. Well, that was some extra chunky food for thought. I hope you enjoyed this installment of the Esoteric Footnotes. The Esoteric Book Club can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and at esotericbookclub.org. Thanks again to all of my Patreon members. If you too want to become a member of the Esoteric Archive, go to patreon.com forward slash esotericbookclub. So until next time, remember, stay weird. Hi, I'm Jimmy Coe. And I'm Stephen Hawk. And we're the host of the Cosmic Sponge Podcast, where we explore the unknown from UFOs and cryptids to unexplained disappearances and ancient mysteries. If you're looking for strange stories that will keep you on the edge of your seat, jump on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or search for Cosmic Sponge on your favorite listening platform. Head on over to our website at www.cosmicsponge.com to get access to all of our content, including a full list of platforms where you can enjoy the show. 